You're listening to Life UPC Richmond Hills Audiocast. He is so good to us. How can we not show forth our praises unto him who is so good to us? He blesses us, oh, every single day. Sometimes we don't even realize how much he's blessing us and his provisions. Sometimes we don't even see the provisions, but he provides for all of our needs. He, he provides for our finances. He puts clothes on our back, food in our bellies, a roof over our head. Sometimes, though, we don't see what he does. Sometimes, sometimes it's just our tire on our, our tires on our vehicles. We've been putting it off, putting it off. We know we need it. We know we've needed a, 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 a new tire set of tires, and we don't know how they've been going for this long. They've been bald for six months. But the Lord is still making a way. That's sometimes that's how God works. You don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. What a mighty God we serve. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Brother Caleb had mentioned that we had were just at a mentorship conference up in Atlanta. Wonderful, wonderful conference. Some awesome preaching, awesome teaching. Had a wonderful time there. And <clears throat> I tell you what. It was in the middle of the first message that we were there um, that God had told me that that message was for this church. And, and uh, many times I go to a conference and, <clears throat> and I hear some wonderful preaching and, 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 and I'll, get, I'll get just a, 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 a something from the message that'll give me a whole different type of message. But and, and, and it's what I call nuggets, nuggets. We'll get a nugget from, from a great message, and it'll give me a whole different message, and I'll bring that to the church. And But we were in the middle of this message, and God spoke to me. He said, this message, this specific message is for you and your church. And so I'm not stealing this message. I'm borrowing it, but it's not the exact same message but I am <clears throat> borrowing the message. And let me tell you, usually when you go to a conference, they say they save the best message and speaker. They save the best speaker for last. They, they always do because they want to close out strong. He's the closer, right? Well, this was the first preacher that I got the message from. For, this message was for me. All of it was wonderful. All of it was good preaching. On Friday and Saturday, we had some great uh, breakaways. It was at Brother Terry's church up in Atlanta. Wonderful time. <clears throat> but God gave me that, or, or God gave that message to Brother Young. That's who preached this message. Brother Young preached this message up there, and he's got a different title. I titled it different because it's a little bit different, but <clears throat> he gave that message to Brother Young for me. I'm here to tell you. And you know how sometimes when the preaching's going and sometimes the preacher's looking right at you and like, man, they're talking to me. That, that message is for me. And they're looking right at you. Well, he did, Brother Young didn't even look at me the whole time at the service. But that message for me was for me. I'm here to tell you it was for me and this church here today. <clears throat> Anyways, I'm not going to keep you standing. I want to read to you. From Revelations chapter 8, and I'm using a lot of different scripture too, but <clears throat> the message is very similar. Revelations chapter 8 and Exodus chapter uh, 40. Revelations chapter 8, verse 3 and 4, and Exodus chapter uh, 40, verse 9 and 10 I'm reading from this morning. If you would remain standing for the reading of the word if you're able. <clears throat> Revelations chapter 8, verse 3, 
It says, And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God. And in Exodus chapter 40, verse uh, 9, it says, And thou shalt take the anointing oil, and anoint the tabernacle, and all that that is therein, and shall hallow it, and all the vessels thereof, and it shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all his vessels and sanctify the altar. And it shall be an altar of most holy. Praise God. <clears throat> I want to read. I want to preach to you guys. And I'm, it's going to be treaching this morning. I'm going to treach to you guys. Building altars. The title of my message this morning is building altars. Brother Conway, would you pray for us this morning? Amen, amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise God. Before we get started, I forgot to mention, I was going to tell Brother Conway in the, uh, for the, uh, during the announcements, but we do have a birthday uh, this month, and actually it is today, and it is baby shy. She is one year old today. Praise God. I mean, brave, I'm saying baby Charlotte. I do that all the time, my own grandchildren. Baby Charlotte, <clears throat> she is one years old today. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings, God. Building altars. Now, the title of uh, <clears throat> Brother Young's message this week, it was, uh, I'm trying to think of what exactly it was. It was uh, the, um, what was it, Brother Caleb, do you remember? <laughs> it was the... Um, trying to think the dangers of not having an altar I think that's what it was the dangers of not having an altar praise God <clears throat> brother young it was a wonderful message wonderful message and I, I'm my title my message this morning is building altars praise God building altars thank you Jesus praise God before we know of how to build an altar <clears throat> it's important to, for us to understand exactly what an altar is praise God what is an altar exactly I mean we know what the Bible says about you know they built up an altar and they put upon sacrifices on it and we see that they went and they prayed unto the altar what exactly is an altar though do we actually build up a physical because they took stones and bricks and they built them up an altar is what they did <coughs> And yes, we can build up an altar just like that if we want to, right where we are, you know. But what specifically is an altar today? What do we consider an altar? <clears throat> and I was thinking about that. And simply, <clears throat> an altar is a space specifically built or set aside for sacrifice, worship, and prayer. 
That's what an altar is. It's a, a specific place that we have set aside. We have taken this place, maybe in your home, and see, this is what we need. And, and, and Brother Young was talking about th that this weekend, how we need to have an altar in our homes. We need to have an altar in our homes. We need to build up an altar, right? And we need to have a place, a specific place set aside. And, and, and it could be a room. I, it could be beside your bed, in your bedroom. It could be a prayer closet. And that could be an altar. Where, <clears throat> it's wherever you go. It's where you have set aside a holy place, a place of worship, a place of prayer, a place of sacrifice, laying down each and every one of your needs with to God, communing with the Most High King. That is where your altar is. And we need to have altars. We need to, have, we need to build altars in our life. And I think about the altars that, that I have built in my life. And as I was hearing the message that Brother Young was speaking, and he was talking about that we've got to have an altar, and we need to <clears throat> make sure that the others, that those in our families understand that we built an altar, right? And I think when I was thinking about that message, y'all know I've, I haven't been in the church my whole life. I've only been in church for maybe 11 years now. Is it Sister Warner? 12, I'm not sure. Not very long. And my children, I came into the church late. And, and most of my children, they were pretty grown when I got into there. They were in high school and getting ready to graduate when I got into church. And so my children were kind of old. And when I first got into church, I didn't understand about building an altar. But I did build an altar. When I got into truth and I learned about Jesus' name, baptism, and the Holy Ghost, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And, and when I learned how the Holy Ghost changes us and moves in our lives, when I learned these things, and I learned from Sister C and from that foundation that we've got to anoint our homes. we got to protect our homes and our children. And we got to build an altar. we got to have a place of prayer. And I learned these things. And I did that. I built, actually, I, I stole my, my wife's altar. It was our prayer closet. She had a prayer closet. And it was before I even got into church. She would use that closet as a prayer closet. She was praying for me to get in church. She was praying for me because y'all know I've, I've testified where I was. I was not in a good place at that time. And, and most people would look at me and say, no way he's going to make it to church. But she prayed in the altar. She built an altar in the home. And she began to pray for me. And one day I came to church, amen, and I started to love God and worship God and magnify him and learn his truth. <clears throat> but I, I kind of took over her altar and, and made that as my altar as well. And that's my prayer closet, what we call it, the prayer closet. And, 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 it, and it's where my altar is. It's where I lay down my needs before the Lord. And it's where I go before the Lord for each and every one of your needs in this place. And not only that, for the needs of this city, the needs of our leaders, the needs of the church, for the needs of our nation, for the needs of this world. I lay them down at the feet of God. And I go in there and I just worship him. And I magnify him. It's a place of worship. It's a holy place. It's the holiest of holies in my house. And I thought about how I never really taught my children to build an altar. Not at that time. I was, you know, I was still new, a babe in Christ. And I was still learning to build my own altar. And I never, I never, you know, Chris and Caleb, and I never really got to 
teach them that they had to build an altar. You've got to have an altar. I'm here to tell you, you're not going to make it to heaven without an altar. You've got to have an altar. And I began to think as Brother Young was preaching this, how I never taught them to build an altar. Now, <clears throat> my youngest child, Brother Titus back there, he and, and even Talia kind of learned to, that we built an altar. But especially Titus. We have built an altar in his bedroom. It's just in his bed at night. We go every single night. I'd never fail. Every single night, we go in there and we pray. We worship God. We magnify him. We give him all the praise and glory and honor that is due unto him. Then we begin to lay down our sacrifices unto him. And we begin to lay down the needs of the church. We begin to pray for every single member of this church. And, and, we, and I make lists when people... People ask me to pray, and, and, and sometimes I'll pray for them right then, but I'll write it down in my list so I don't forget, and I'll bring those needs into, the, into that altar as well. But we, I have been teaching him that you've got to have an altar. We built an altar right there, so I'm teaching him as a young age. And, and, and when Brother Young was, teach, was preaching to us that day, this past Friday, it began to prick my heart how I have not shown that to my other children and to my church we talk about the altar we've got an altar right here and we build upon this altar but I've got to tell you you've got to have an altar at your home I'm talking about building altars today <clears throat> not just one altar this here is an altar of the community. This here is an altar for this city. It's a place where we come and we lay down sacrifices and we praise God and we worship God and we lay down our needs and we pray for the needs of the community. It's a place where we can all come and we can and we have our altar right here. This church right here right now. But you got to have an altar in your home. You got to have a place that's the holiest of holies in your home and you got to build that altar. I'm here to tell somebody today if you have not built an altar in your home, you need to build an altar today. You need an altar. We can't make it to heaven without an altar. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. So we're going to get into a little bit of scripture. I don't have as much scripture as I usually read uh, for you guys today, but I do have a bit of scripture. I always love to use scripture because you must back up what you're preaching and teaching with the word of God. Amen. <clears throat> Let's look at one of the opening scriptures, Exodus chapter 40, verse 9. It says, And thou shalt take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle. Let's take a look at that right there first. Your home is your tabernacle. Your home is, is your family. It's a home because you worship God together as a family. And the important thing that I learned when I was a babe in Christ is you must anoint your home. Okay, there are spirits that are trying to get into your home. There are spirits that are trying to get into your tabernacle at home. Now, we know that your body is your tabernacle as well, but your home is your tabernacle for your family. And there are spirits that are trying to break into that tabernacle every single day. And you must pray over your home. And spirits can come into your home in many different ways. <clears throat> they can come to your home if you invite them. And see, here's the thing. If your home is prayed up, they can't come into your home unless you invite them in. They cannot come into your home unless you invited them in. Now, how do you invite them in? Well, I'm here to tell you that right now. 
when you <clears throat> invite someone into your home that has a bad spirit upon them, that spirit can come into your home, okay? Now, you can pray that spirit out of your home. Now, when you watch something, <clears throat> you think... <clears throat> You think that that might be the only way, but no. When you watch something that is sin, that is against God, you invite that spirit into your home. When you listen to something, and people think that music is not important, but let me tell you something. <clears throat> the devil, Satan himself, was the chief musician in heaven, and he knows music, okay? And he knows the power of music. It's very powerful, and it could be used for good. It could be used for evil. And if it, if it does not worship and magnify God, then it's not of God. <clears throat> and so you've got to be very careful of the music that you bring into your home. And, and, and that's why in our home, the only music that we have is music that praises and worships the one and only true God, the King of kings, the holiest of holies. No other music comes into our home. And let me tell you, before I got into church, I was big into all kinds of music, all kinds of worldly music, but now I don't listen to any of that stuff. I only listen to stuff of God because what you're doing is you're inviting in spirits into your home when you listen to stuff that you shouldn't be listening to. Stuff that's talking about sin, well, guess what? You're inviting that into your home. So you got to be careful. It talks right here. It says, and, and I'm kind of chasing a rabbit here. This is not exactly what I'm talking about. But it says, thou shalt take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle. And when I learned about this, I went, me and my wife, we anointed our home. We went around and we prayed over every single part of our house. And we, we bound the enemy that was in our house because we had a spirit of fear in our house. We had a spirit of fear that was attacking us, and, and, and I know I've testified this about this before, but <clears throat> Sister Warner, she would wake up in the middle of the night yelling that somebody's in the room, somebody's in the room, and, and she would wake me up and scare me half to death and, and thinking that somebody's in our room, and I wake up and I look around, turn the light, there's nobody there. It was, it was before she got the Holy Ghost, yes. <clears throat> and, and it was... It would terrify me. Not only that, but it was a spirit. It's a spirit. It was a spirit in the home. And I didn't realize this then. And also, how many of you ever heard of, uh, uh, what's it called, sleep um, paralysis? Sleep paralysis. How many of you heard of that? A few people have heard of Everybody, okay, most people have heard of sleep paralysis. You wake up in the middle of the night, and you can't breathe. You're awake. You know you're awake, but you can't move. Has anybody ever dealt with that and, and they call it they have <clears throat> they have a name for it and they say it's a medical thing it's sleep paralysis but they can't really explain it they can't I can explain it that's a spirit in fact that's a specific spirit it's the spirit of fear that is upon you it's a spirit of fear and I know that it's a spirit because I cast out that spirit in our life in our home and I've never dealt with it again. I mean, I'm talking about once a week, I would, it, it would happen to me. I would wake up. I couldn't, <clears throat> I'd have a hard time breathing. It's like somebody's sitting on my chest. <clears throat> and I can't move. My eyes are open, wide open. I know I'm awake, but I can't move. And, I'm, and, it, and it, it's scary. But it was a spirit. And when I learned about this, and I, I pr we, we 
uh, bound that spirit from our home, cast it out to the depths of hell, and loose the spirit of the Holy Ghost in our home. I never had, I've never, ever, ever had that happen to me again in my home. And my wife has never, ever had somebody, had something ever since she got the Holy Ghost. It's been gone. Those spirits. Anyways, I'd say this because it says you shall take the anointing oil and anoint your tabernacle. I'm here to tell you today, you need to anoint your home. And, and, and uh, Sister Haley and Brother Chris just got an apartment, and we need to go over there and anoint their home. They just got a brand new apartment, and I'm here to tell you, you must anoint your home. Go around your entire house and pray, you know, especially when you have a home that, that someone else had lived in and, or uh, apartment or whatever. You need to go around that home and you need to pray over your home. Amen. Cast out every demon from hell that is in that home and loose the Holy Spirit, loose God's love, his peace. <clears throat> it's important. The scripture here, it says, and. All that there is in shall hallow it, and all the vessels thereof, and shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint the altar. I'm here to tell you, you've got to make an altar. You have to build an altar in your home. If you have not built an altar in your home yet, build you an altar. Make you a place of worship and a place of, a place of sacrifice where, where you lay down your needs at the, to the Lord and you commune with God and you just in prayer. It's got to be an altar in our homes. <clears throat> Brother Young was talking about the altars that uh, Abram had built. And if you look in Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, it says, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham and unto thy seed will I give this land. First, let me just summarize before this, before this. We know that God told Abraham to gather his wife and his family and leave the land where he grew up at. And he had a wealthy family. They had a home built there. And he said to leave that land. Take your family with you. He got a tent and he took his family, took his, his uh, nephew Lot with him, right? <clears throat> and he did exactly what the Lord said. And when the Lord brought him to a place, it says right here, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there built he an altar. He built an altar right away. That's the first thing he did. There built he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto the mountain and the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. And having built on the west and high on the east, and there he built an altar again. So he built an altar when he got to the one place. Then he gathered his tent. God moved him. See, he was a nomad, right? They moved from place to place. That's why he lived in a tent. And he built an altar the first place. He picked up his tent, went to the next place, and the first thing he did was built an altar. That's the first thing he did. As he pitched his tent, he built an altar. Shows you the importance of having an altar. Every single place, everywhere <clears throat> that he went, he built an altar. He put, it, he pitched his tent and built his altar. Now, see if you know anything about the nomads back then, they they traveled from place to place, but they didn't pitch their tent every time, they, because it was a process to pitch your tent. You know, it could take a couple of days. It could take a few days. It was it was their home. It was a big tent. 
And it took a lot to just pitch up. So if they were just traveling from one place to the next and they knew they were going to get up and go to another place the next day or a couple days later, they didn't pitch their tent, right? But when they came to a place and they saw that the land was good and that their flock could feed there for a little while, they said, we're going to stay here for a while. We're going to pitch our tent. And as they pitched their tent, (coughs) Abraham built an altar. That's how important the altar was. And here's the thing. Everywhere he went, he built an altar. And Lot saw him build an altar. But we're going to see here in just a minute how Lot did not build his altar. If you go a little bit further, in Genesis chapter 13, verse 17, it says, Arise, walk through the land. And and if you know the story behind Lot, they got to a place, right? They got to a point where they had so much Uh, so many cattle, and there began to be strife between his nephew Lot and Abraham. And and, and Abraham said, okay, you look out there, and you take one way, and I'll go the other way. And we know that Lot had looked towards Sodom, and he said, it looked good. It looked like Egypt. And he said, "I'll I'll go this way, right? And so when Lot went towards um, Sodom, he pitched a tent. He didn't go into the city right away, but he pitched a tent. Doesn't say anything about building an altar, though. Doesn't say anything about building an altar. And you know what? It was in Sodom. We know the spirits that were in Sodom, right? And so he did not build an altar, and eventually he would move into the city. He would build him a home. And guess what? He didn't build an altar. He didn't build an altar. But it says in Genesis chapter 13, verse 17, Arise and walk through the land, he's talking to Abraham right here, of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. And Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is Hebron. And there he built an altar unto the Lord. He built an altar unto the Lord. See, his nephew Lot went one way, didn't build an altar. But Abraham went the other way, and the first thing he did was built an altar. We've got to have an altar. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. What what caused Lot to not build an altar? And I was thinking about it that there had to be some sin that had set in. There was a desire that he had to go towards Sodom, where sin was. And sin began to set in. We've got, it's important for us to teach our children right now that they've got to build an altar. I'm here to tell you, church, today, we have to build an altar. We've got to build an altar in our home. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 33. It's important. Jacob knew about, uh, we know that um, Abraham knew about building an altar. And Jacob knew about building an altar. It says in uh, Genesis chapter 33, verse 18, 19, and 20. And Jacob came unto Shalom, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. When he came from Padanaram and pitched his tent before the city, and he bought a parcel of a field where he had spread his tent. And the hand of the children of Hamar, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of money, And he erected there an altar, and he called it 
Eloah Israel. He, he built an altar. He knew the importance of building an altar. And I kept thinking about how this was passed down from generation to generation, how important it is to build an altar. And every once in a while, it wasn't passed down, and we see that sin begins to set in in the children of Israel. <clears throat> we must have an altar. And I know this message was from God when, I, when God told me that you need to bring this message to your church. And, and I, so I began to, when I got home, I opened up my Bible. And the first thing I came across when I opened up my Bible was Joshua building an altar. I just opened up to Joshua and I was reading, he was building an altar. And I'm like, Lord, this is definitely a word from you. I know this is what my church needs to hear today. And <clears throat> this morning, I had already, already, already done my message, knew what the Lord had, had told me. But this morning, I walk out of getting out of the bathroom from getting ready, and Sister Warner, she's back, she's uh, laying over at the bed, and she's playing the uh, where the Bible reads to you, and she it was reading from Numbers chapter twenty three, where they were building an altar. And I'm like, Lord, thank you. Confirmation. We need to build an altar. I'm here to tell somebody today that if you do not have an altar in your home, build one right now. Build one today. God wants us to have an altar. Praise God. <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. Genesis chapter 8. Noah knew about building an altar. See, it even goes back before Abram. Before Abraham, Noah built an altar. It says in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and he took every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered a burnt offering, uh, offerings unto, on the altar. And the Lord smelt a sweet savory. The Lord said, unto it, said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's, <clears throat> man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything as I have done. Praise God. He built an altar unto the Lord, and he laid it, laid down a sacrifice before God, and God honored it and said he will never again destroy the earth like he had done. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Joshua knew the importance of an altar. It tells us in Joshua <clears throat> chapter 30, or Joshua chapter 8, verse 30, Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord of Israel in Mount Ebal. And, and if you go to 2 Samuel, verse 24, David knew the importance of building an altar. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 25, And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land, and the plague was stayed from Israel because he built an altar. I'm here to tell you today, we must have an altar. An altar is where we go before the Lord. It's the holiest of holies in our, in our home. And we go before the Lord and we make sacrifices unto him. And we go before the Lord, we praise him. We worship him. We magnify him, the king of kings, hallelujah. And we begin to go before the Lord with our needs, our personal needs, our family needs. We go to the Lord before our, let's take, let's just talk about that, our personal needs. I, I know that some of you may be going through a difficult time right now in your life. And, 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 but the Lord is always there for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And what you must have 
is an altar in your home where you can go to the Lord and lay it down at his feet and say, God, I don't know why. I don't know why this is happening in my life. I don't know why, God. It doesn't make any sense to me right now, God. But I know, Lord, that everything is to the good of them who love you, God. And I'm seeking you right now at this altar, Lord Jesus. I'm laying down this need at your feet, God. And I'm praying, God, do a work in this right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we've got to have an altar. We've got to have an altar. We've got to build altars. We've got to build altars in our home. We build an altar in this city right here. This church is an altar that is being built. We've got to have an altar. An altar is where you go and you battle. An altar is where we go and we battle against the enemy because there is a war going on around us right now. It's a spiritual warfare. Sometimes you can't see it if you look hard enough and you pray, God, to open your eyes, you may see it. <clears throat> but there is a spiritual war going on us, on around us right now. And there are demons waiting in, around every corner for every single person in this place. you got to remember, a third of the angels fell. And every single one of them angels became demons against God. And there is a lot of them. And they're out there, the devil's minions out there, seeking to destroy us, to trip up us up. But two-thirds of the angels are still in heaven. And they're out there fighting against them every single day. But when you invite them in, the enemy gets a stronghold in your life. See, an altar is a place where we can battle against the enemy. You see, the angels don't have to fight them alone. We can fight them. We have dominion over the devil. We have dominion over him. We have authority over him. <clears throat> and your altar is the place where we go to battle, to go before the Lord, saying, God, I don't know why the enemy is doing this to me right now, God. I don't know, <clears throat> Lord. If it's the enemy or if it's my flesh, see, the thing is we have three different enemies. We have the devil and his minions, and we have our flesh, and we have the world. They're all still at enmity with God, every single one of them. God, I don't know which enemy it is that's attacking me. I don't know if it's, if it's my flesh or if it's, the, if it's demons that are coming after me, God. But right now, Lord, I need you to fight for me right now, God. I need you to come and, and, and step in, God, and do something in my life right now, Lord. Oh, God, I'm praying right now, Lord. I'm putting on my armor. I'm putting on my armor today, God. Oh, hallelujah. See, we need to go before that altar every single day. When we wake up in the morning, the first place we should be is at the altar. And when we go to bed at night, the last place we should be is at the altar, laying down all of our needs and worries at God's feet, letting him take care of them. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. And see, <clears throat> this is where we go. And we commune to God. We commune with God. It tells us in Revelations, our opening scripture, and I'm getting ready to close, Sister Warner, if you want to get ready to play some altar call music. Revelation chapter 8, <clears throat> verse 3 and 4, one of our opening scriptures, it says, And another angel came 
and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints. You see, when we go before the altar and we lay down our needs at his feet, we're communing. See, that's what prayer is. It's communing with God. That's exactly what prayer is. Not just talking him and telling him what you need, but also listening to what, what he has for you, right? When we do that, when we go before the altar and we commune with God, it tells us that he should offer it up with the prayers of all the saints. Those prayers are going up before the Lord. The golden altar, it says... Uh, that he should offer with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God. You see, our prayers go up before the Lord as a sweet, savory incense unto him. That's what we do when we go before the altar. He listens to us. He hears every single one of our prayers. And sometimes we were talking about this in children's church this morning. Sometimes God doesn't answer your prayer right then and right there. That's why we always pray, God, your will to be done. That's the first thing we always say, Lord, let your will be done. And every single request made, Lord, let your will be done in my life. Always pray God's will because God knows exactly what you need, when you need it, and if you need it. <coughs> That's why I always pray. God, let your will be done. Because sometimes I'm praying for something I don't need, and God knows it. But God always answers his promises. He always answers prayers, and he always keeps his promises. Amen? Always. We talked about that this morning. God hears us, every single one of our prayers, every day. And we're building an altar in this church, but I want to make sure that each and every one of you know right now you need to build an altar in your home. Make sure that your children see that you're building an altar in your home. Make sure your children see that you're building an altar <clears throat> in your home. Because you want them someday to build an altar in their home. Because you've seen what happened a lot when he didn't build an altar. We need to build an altar in our home. <clears throat> And I just want to make sure that us as a church body and us as a family, a church family, that we know that we're passing it down from generation to generation. And we know that you must build an altar. <clears throat> and that's exactly what we're doing in this place right here. We're building, and you can never have enough altars. I'm here to tell you, you can have 10 altars in your home. I'm here to tell you, you must build an altar. We're building an altar in this place. We have built an altar right here. And I want to encourage you. I want to invite you down to the altar this morning and go before the Lord right now and give him all your needs this morning. Pray for your family. Pray for your city this morning. Let us go before the Lord. Let us continue to build an altar this morning. And as we lay down our needs at, at the altar, we pray that God consumes them with his all-consuming fire. 
Oh, God, let your fire burn in our altar this morning, oh, God. Have your way in our lives this morning, oh, God. I want to open up this altar this morning, and I want to invite you down. If there's any needs that you have this morning, lay them down at the feet of the Lord. If there's any needs, I, I want you to... I want you to show God, I want you to show your children how we go before the Lord, how we build an altar. Oh, mighty God, I'm praying right now, Lord, move in our lives right now, God. Let your Holy Spirit move in this place, oh God. Oh, Lord. Oh, God, we build up an altar unto you right now in this place, oh, God. Minister into us right now, oh, God. Pour out your spirit in this place. Oh, mighty God. Oh, my, the fire in my altar never burn out, God. If you got, you've got to build an altar before the, the fire never burns out. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's build an altar in this place. Hallelujah. It's okay if you don't feel comfortable coming to this altar. You can make you an altar right where you're at in your chair. Go before the Lord right now. Oh, God. We seek you today, oh, Lord. Oh, mighty King. Oh, Oh, your Shekinah glory to be upon us in this place, God. Oh, Thank you for listening to Life UPC Richmond Hills Audio Cast. 